what would your guru be in? My guru, what would he be in? Yeah, like what? What would they? What would they be teaching? Like sweatpants. They would teach you the <laughs> the art of sweatpants. Oh no, no! I just I thought you know, like what's he wearing? What's he in? No, he's in a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Pause what I was thinking. Let's keep going on this trajectory. <laughs> what is this? What is this? In sweatpants. Does he have a shirt at least or no? No. No. Well, we got a bunch of tattoos and an eye patch. Lives <laughs> under a bridge. What about footwear? Uh, sandals. Okay. They're mismatched. <laughs> are they? Are they? Or are they uh, are they just like normal sandals or are they like novelty ones like a lobster or something? Well, one of them is like a blue little mermaid sandal, like official Disney brand, <laughs> not some knockoff. Um, and it, yeah, it's not the cheap and nice and blue. And then the other one is uh, like a bright green, the kind of like find it if you lose it when you're swimming kind of color. Um, that one's that one's too big for him. The other one's too small. And this parable he likes to tell about about the sandals and how like the shoe will never fit if they aren't your shoes or something like that. For some reason, I'm seeing this guy in Miami. <laughs> I was definitely thinking Florida. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's living under a bridge for sure. But, but he's a Bitcoin millionaire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he chose this. He's actually second generation. He's 14. Second generation. <laughs> yes, his dad died. COVID. <laughs> Got him. COVID from uh from uh from when he wrecked his uh, Bugatti Ver- Vernon or whatever the hell those things are called. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a it was a motorcycle accident, <laughs> but he died of COVID. <laughs> he just he just has a he has a YouTube channel <laughs> that he runs off his phone. <laughs> it's not his phone. <laughs> <laughs> One of his tattoos is of Ramdas, and he sets up a little votive table like in front of his chest and lights candles, and then uh, cranes his head to the side like around the front to to chant. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, we we know where you have to go to meet your crew. I'm not going back to Florida. <laughs> He's gonna have to come to me. I'm gonna get an email like right after like some guy in Florida <laughs> asking for money for a plane ticket. <laughs> They'd be like, "Fuck, I'm on point." <laughs> <laughs> Send me, send me your <laughs> Can't be coincidence. <laughs> you, you ask him like, you ask him to start teaching you. He's like, 
cool, cool, bro. And then he FedExes you his flip flops for you to put on. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> he just gets me. Oh man. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess. I guess he's just like a guru of, you know, normal stuff. Uh, that that reminds me. Uh, I know this episode is not about this show, but I've been watching Way of the House Husband. Oh, I started that. Yeah, <laughs> you did too. Yeah, I I didn't finish it. I did watch because all the, all the episodes are like two minutes long. It feels I watched, like... Yeah. The uh, the music is incredible, uh, like the way that they tone shift with the the different like anime music, and then you get like these huge horn arrangements that's like clearly from old Yakuza movies. Um, oh, it's it's so beautiful. They took that like serious about mundane shit to the next level, and it it feels so on point. Like, uh. Feels like Adult Swim quality, but better. Oh yeah, like I, I like when he starts to talk about whatever he's obsessed with, like if it's buying cucumbers or whatever, it actually feels like a real tip. Like he's actually communicating something for real that you could use. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really helping me to to uh, to just kind of adopt that sort of vibe that that current and and start looking at mundane tasks more seriously and you know like if you combine like a sort of buddhist mentality of making merit of just doing like the right things and then and then also this like ex yakuza who's like like everything must be done perfectly <laughs> like like one of my favorite parts so far is when they you know he's teaching the other guy and they make the little chair and but his face, like right before they reveal what they've done, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like twisted smile, like he's just like you know tortured someone, uh, and then it's this beautiful little chair for a child. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you have found your guru, and it's a Netflix cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that's clearly why that. Came up in my head right after the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it. We'll return after these messages. Soapbox podcast is entirely listener supported. Please click the link in the show notes below to keep the show going. I've been. I've been watching Demon Slayer, which is really fucking amazing. How much of that exists at the moment? <clears throat> they just, well, Netflix just released the third season, I guess. Um, I get the sense that there's more, more of the anime is done in Japan, but they're only slowly. What was that? <laughs> Wait, what? Isn't that the Japanese name of it? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, I know that the manga is completed. 
and at some point I'm going to read that whole thing. Yeah, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Um, I liked what I watched of that. I think what happened was I ran out of what was available at the time. And, uh, and I don't even know if that was the end of the season or if they were coming out episodically on whatever I was watching it on. Um, but it, it was all right. I watched it like last a year ago. Um, some of it. And then, yeah, I got lost. Cause I felt, I felt like, wow, they just were kind of getting going and then there wasn't any more to watch. Um, but I really love the, the warthog guy a lot. Oh yeah. Beast breathing. <laughs> I'm currently trying to figure out how it's, I'm currently working on, um, unlocking the skills to give my guy in, in Conan exiles a, uh, like I already, I've already forged myself a katana, right? So it sucks to go find steel and mine steel or mine iron ore, and then you have to convert it and everything. So like making your first sword is like a big deal to have your first, like, you know, uh, iron weapon. Uh, and I started with a katana, which I'm, I don't think I'll ever use anything else now in this game. But uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get, there's like a way where you can add modifications and stuff. And I'm like, please, there's got to be a way to make like the sword that he has with the serration. <laughs> the weird greater thing that he made. Yeah. <laughs> which looks totally impractical, but <laughs> look cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i definitely think it's impractical <laughs> it's for like I, it looks like it could be used for snapping other people's swords though i was about to say i think there is a pattern that's like that that has uh that does have an application that's something to that nature um Yeah, it's real, real nerd shit here. Talking about swords and other funness. Um, it's a show we do what we want. <laughs> but I also love that you. Uh, the first thing that you made was was a katana. In Conan. Yeah. Yeah. You're a true weeb. <laughs> I'm not normally that guy, but it was like something about the setting. Um made me want to be like well i don't want to just like swing an axe because that's what everybody's doing in this neighborhood you know yeah i'm not even playing online like i just i just want the experience of exploring a world that isn't like super cartoonish and doesn't have a linear plot so yeah it's it's a really good game now that they've fixed a bunch of shit i guess It's Conan Exiles, right? Yeah, I actually applied to work at that place. Uh, you know, it's it's actually it's actually just inside the computer, though. They don't actually you can't go to the the exiled lands. No, no, no. I mean the company that made uh... Conan Exiles. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I don't want to be some like barbarian grunt. I'm not made up. I'm not made for that shit. I don't. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm finding my niche. Um. <laughs> There's a there's a spider god that wants to like purify the world through pain, I think. Uh and I was like, this guy sounds I like this guy. 
And one of the quests is like you can go collect relics from other all the other deities and like bring them to your shrine to sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. But I can't gamble or have sex or anything. Oh, lame. What does the spider eat you if you do that? Again, I like I just I like the idea of being like in this scenario where everyone's like uh debauched and fucked and, and like yeah. yeah. Like why not be the self-righteous one who's even darker, who's like <laughs> you're all just scum and like you're like you're even worse than them but you don't know it. <laughs> yeah, let's kind of go on fire. Are they uh I wonder if they're using actual. I don't remember there being a tons of different deities in Conan, but it's been a long time since I've read any of the books. I, yeah, I don't know how uh, accurate it is to the books. I imagine it is, but because uh, <clears throat> it's, I'm sure, ninety eight percent Conan nerds playing it. Yeah, the other two percent are people that were like, "I heard there were boobies." <laughs> the Venn diagram of that is one hundred percent. <laughs> oh, maybe it's actually reverse. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I didn't even try playing online with this. <laughs> ah, good. Uh, no, I know. There's also there's like a there's an overlap between the Cthulhu mythos and Conan slightly because mm -hmm. uh, him and. Uh, Robert e. Howard and uh, and Lovecraft were in correspondence for a long time, and I know he's written stories that have some of uh, Lovecraft's deities in them. Interesting. Yeah, in the game, at least, there's a uh, Mithras, which mm. is obviously Mithras, um, and they're super pious. Uh, mm. And then there's. Um, the one I thought was interesting was like uh, I forget her name, but there's this female god of like sex and eroticism and death, and uh, that's pretty cool. And like her thing is like she has like cats, like it looks like Bastet or Egyptian cats. Mm. Um. It's like that's that's interesting. It feels like there's this whole Asherah uh, Inanna mashup going on with this being uh, in the Conan mythos. I think it's cool that 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 this this world feels like like the drain world at the bottom of the tub, <laughs> where like everything ends up. Yeah, like yeah. stuff, and it's not quite in the same form. Like it's like dirtier and mutated a bit, and, but it's like these things go that far down. Like uh, only some gods show their face, like at the end of all things, I think. And hmm. the only some are still relevant around those times because there are only so many ideas still in play. A lot of things have died out. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing to think with. Like the desolation at the end. Um, yeah, we're just so many things have already run their course out here. I like the idea of a whimper, a whimper ending rather than a bang. 
course, I don't know shit about Conan. <laughs> well, it's it's funny you're talking about it like like post apocalyptic, which I think I think it kind of it is in a way because I think it's supposed to take place in an age after the fall of Atlantis, but like right after the fall or something. Oh, okay, interesting. I think it's uh, it's been a long time since. For I've... me, it felt like in the future from now, like way in the future. <laughs> Uh, or something or just like another world left together but but yeah that's that's cool i like that the world would be in absolute chaos and there'd still be all this power floating around but it's all like misdirected we probably yeah. talked about this on the fucking conan episode and i just forget Thomas <laughs> said that exact thing that i just said <laughs> no i don't think so i think it was it's uh because this is like We've talked we talked about some of this, but I, I we didn't get as in deep to it because that movie uh that movie kind of hints at it rather than directly mm. addresses it. But I'm also talking off the top of my dome from what I remember of Conan stuff. Um but that's just, you know, off the top of my asshole. I do a lot of headstands, so. It helps. It's like talking out of your ass and, and off the top of your head and get, like, confused. <laughs> I'm just speaking out of the top of my asshole. That's why I took up yoga, just so I can say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which is also a lie i haven't done yoga in uh, a million billion years i bet you've done plenty of yoga just not hatha yoga <laughs> oh yeah that's true right because the the actual term encompasses way more than uh than stretching you just like thought about reality a little bit today. You did some vipassana. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what was the what's the other uh, bhakti is the that's the um that's like ejaculating with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that the Wikipedia? Is that what it says? In the <laughs> Wikipedia for bhakti yoga, ejaculating with your heart. Like frat boy Wikipedia. So like, so like when you come so hard, but like with your emotions. This is this is what your guru tells you. Miami. Miami flip flop guru. This was actually written on the side of the sandal. <laughs> but it was obviously in Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> what the what the fuck? These flip flops are they're books too. What what's going on? <laughs> Just ballpoint written all over them. <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guru more and more. <laughs> Second generation Bitcoiner. <laughs> <clears throat> it's funny, you know, because there are there are depictions of the Buddha like. Uh, above a mermaid and this guy's sent me a mermaid 
mm. little mermaid sandals. So like, yeah, that's that's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like he knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna skip another check. <laughs> what is the story with that? What is the story with the mermaid? I, I the Buddha mermaid. Yeah, no idea. That's huh. uh, gonna be something I have to find out. It's it's really funny how like my <laughs> the, the education is just like I wonder about that. Well, now I have to spend like an hour looking it up, and then oh, now I know that. <laughs> like over like the course of a couple of years, it'll be like yeah, I feel like I've gotten to know some things about Buddhism, I guess. <laughs> Well, I wonder if that's specific to Thai, Thailand too. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of things that it's that are. It seems um, it's really interesting. Yeah, there's there's just like worlds upon worlds to learn about. So it uh, kind of feels like it. That would be one of those frustrating things that you you can't figure out exactly the right thing to type in to figure out how to look it up. <laughs> like almost everything, everything. yeah it's just and what will happen is like four years later it'll you'll read it and passing and something else entirely different i had that experience today look trying to look up like cement and and how to make like primitive cement and uh well, I've had that experience trying to figure out how to like come up with just like what is it i'm trying to do like i want to make a hard substance for making amulets that's like durable but i want to be able to do it with natural materials and cheap and like so it's just been like uh uh quite a journey of trying to figure shit out but then like 90 percent of the time i feel like when people say concrete or cement they like actually mean the other thing and they just don't understand the difference so then like when you're looking them up you're getting like all the wrong articles and like mm. <laughs> mislabeling what they're talking about so then you're like but wait this whole article doesn't make sense anymore it they're you unless they're just using the wrong words like it it's been weird uh why am i talking about that it's probably because it's the only thing i did today Oh, because uh, because it's it chained off the looking up mermaids and not actually figuring out how to fucking find them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the yeah, it's like like I'm I'm looking for uh, what is it like uh, plaster enamel like it's clay. It's not clay. It's concrete. Is it concrete? Is it <laughs> like what is it I actually want to make? And then it's like suddenly I'm I'm like waiting in light chemistry and understanding every third word that i'm reading <laughs> i feel like this is something that there was that guy he was pretty big for a little while i think it was called like primitive technology or something and it, was, it was that guy that would just go in the woods and just he'd make an entire house out of nothing yeah that's you know what i'm talking about yeah I, well there's a, quite a few of those channels I'm done. I'm, the one I found that was really helpful may have been him. Um, yeah, he he would he would start with nothing. Like he would, he would pick a rock and shape it into an axe, and then start go, start from there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he's just out there doing what like all the nerds are sitting at home doing in survival games, which is yeah, he's doing it for real. They're like huge nowadays, and I'm just like, what? People in the states who are doing that, you should be ashamed of yourselves. (laughs) Like there are there are vast tracts of wilderness out there. You can just go. There are places where you don't have to own it. Just no one goes there. You know, just do it. You're not gonna die. You're not, you might die. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard. Well, I, you know, it's actually an interesting, it's, it's an interesting quandary. So with that guy, with the guy, that guy with that YouTube channel, would he, would he exist without all the shit bubbling up in like the video games, like the entertainment, like there, there it's a, it's a concept that's, that's, emerging at the same time in different ways Mm, yeah well it it could also just be as simple as like like some broadcast signal from the center of the 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 planet being like get back to this shit (laughs) i mean like okay well if i simulate it for three hours a day it shuts that voice up and like I totally, I'm all for playing video games for like a narrative experience or for like, uh, for even like experiencing things you can't do in real life or whatever. I get it. That's cool. But to, to go and it, it's like the things that you should have been taught as a child, like how to make an axe out of stone and like make all your tools out of, you know, from there up and just build your way up. Like it is a survival video game. Like you're, our dads should have taught us that, right? That's or our moms, whatever. I someone should have fucking taught us that. And if you feel that thing in your head that that's like, oh, we need to. I, I want to do that. I need to swing an axe. I need to build a thing with my hands. Just, just go do it. If you feel like you want to kill somebody, play a video game. <laughs> That's what they're for. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to fly a plane uh, that's on fire, you know, and jump out and parachute while like using a machine gun, that's what video games are for. Or join the army. Or if the plane transforms into a robot and then yeah, punches yeah. a building down, that that that's the. If you join the army, they'll just have you flying drones. <laughs> so you join the army, do you play video games? Is what's basically. Yeah, yeah. you'll you probably get Except, just start a Twitch stream. You'll get paid more. Fuck! I wonder if that's ever happened. Advice from Soapbox. <laughs> Gotta work on the jingle. Can you imagine someone who's flying drones and has it like they're Twitch streaming them flying drones? (laughs) (laughs) Like in a war? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that'll happen. If we live long enough, we'll see that. That's how they'll fucking fund it. (laughs) Yeah. And by long enough, I mean like like three months. Over November. Yeah. Yeah. Just a ballpark, you know. Yeah, we need to get those donations up. Fifty thousand dollars, and I, I nuke another, I nuke another uh, uh, hovel. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, it actually turns out that uh, we here at <laughs> Soapbox Podcast are, uh, are also being invaded by Russia. So please send us your money. No, that's that was a joke. We here in Denmark are being invaded by uh, the Americans. Though they, they totally have like troops uh, stationed uh, not that far from here, and I'm like, well, there goes the neighborhood. You know, we don't leave, right? Was it a new base? It's like where they're bringing people, bringing in uh, equipment before it goes to Ukraine. Oh, so it's like a staging area? Before it gets funneled down to traffic down to, to <laughs> Africa. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. But we we get like uh, military jets flying over once well now and like feels pretty real. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. Hey. Now this is all of the not all of the news is CGI. Like I know that now. <laughs> we have a few planes flying around. <laughs> I have no idea, you know. We live in times where uh if you believe something you see on a screen, well, uh shame on you. <laughs> who knows? How can you know? Mm. I can fucking like AI uh, impersonating famous people now and like people getting sued for that, um, which I think is interesting because uh, now now you can get something to fake voice convincingly enough and we can you can make video that's indiscernible from, you know. I don't know about this. Uh, the this, uh, who's getting sued? Who's who's suing? I forget. Yeah, I heard about it last week. Uh, there were like there's a couple instances now of people using them, using the likenesses of uh, celebrities with like AI voice uh, impersonation shit. I've probably have seen like the the like thumbnails for that in youtube where it's it's like arnold schwarzenegger is uh fucking austin powers or something like is it that kind of shit where they oh, I, I don't know i think it was like they were they were actually having them say things like as if it were them okay like pretending that they got a recording of someone saying something mm. kind of thing uh, like legit fraud. In I think in one case it was legit fraud, and in the other case they were just suing them for like uh, taking their likeness. But it was that one was also like on on like a podcast, and I think it was kind of overblown or something. I wish I could remember stuff. Well, it I mean, the way the world's heading, it's it's it it's going to have to be more and more like what you're talking about. Like I I. I don't know what's going on. I have to just go outside and look around. And that's about it. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, one of my best friends, I feel like he and I kind of both have shared that 
like he more than I when we met, but then like slowly I grew into it. And I now I think maybe at least even uh, where it's, it's kind of like, like, I think it was one time I said something to him about like, man, I don't even think time's real. And he was like, man, I don't know if anything, or no, I said, I said, I don't think anything outside this. I was like, I don't know if, I don't actually know if anything outside of what's right here right now is real. Like, and I've always felt that way. And I'm telling him this in this heartfelt moment. And he's like, bro, I'd say even that. And he's like, man, I'd say even that's a stretch. Like, <laughs> like that's the perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm there now. <laughs> I mean, I think this is when we find out that we're both AIs just talking to each other. We've been. That's our like Evangelion ending. <laughs> <laughs> we just like have to accept it because there's nothing else and it is what we are. So what are we going to do? <laughs> you just own it then. Okay. Well, this is the only life I know. Two little Max headrooms. <laughs> yeah, burn at one another. The pitter petter of little Max headrooms running around. <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough generated by makeup and like 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 how they did a lot of that was it was actually like makeup effects oh makeup okay yeah Mako? and i was like like is this a final fantasy reference are they related? Is Max Headroom a spinoff from something in Final Fantasy? That's where my head went in those two seconds. Which uh, one was Mako? Mako was the ninja? I was thinking Mako Reactor. Oh, okay. I think there was a character named Mako too, though. Probably. Well, the narrator in the Conan movie was Mako. Only so many combinations of letters. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really have like a very clear memory of uh, anything Final Fantasy. Like, I just remember uh i just remember really liking the vibe of the city in seven and then like once 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 my friend who i was watching play through it got outside of the city i was like bored <laughs> yeah it just turned into a, like a normal jrpg at that point yeah to be honest like that i kind of i was sort of disappointed when that happened in that game too I, I thought it was going to take place entirely in that city. Hmm. And I was like, that that's a really cool idea, but it, it, it's, I'm not surprised you don't, you don't remember much about it. It is the most convoluted fucking thing. Like I have, I don't, I played that entire game. I don't, I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing about the narrative that they were, they were eco terrorists or something. And then there was like giant monsters that they were trying to, and then Sephiroth was like half an angel. I don't, I fucking, I don't know. Like none of it connects. I, 
I, I think you're a clone. Cloud's a clone or something. It's yeah. We need we need some real real nut job who loves that fucking game to just come in and explain the whole thing to us because I I can't I have no idea. I would like someone to come put it on as a radio play <laughs> on our show. Um. So, what did you think of In Fabric? How did you feel about that? Oh my god, that was such a weird movie. Um I cannot figure out whether I liked it or not for one thing. <laughs> um it it's it has such a bizarre tone where it's it feels like a comedy but it never quite feels funny. <laughs> Like it just is on the it's on the verge. It's it's in this weird track where. Because some of the stuff in it is is legitimately silly. Uh, Yeah, but it's but it's treated with such seriousness. And the tone. Something about the tone doesn't ever it doesn't ever fall over into like I laughed, but it was this weird, like, huh, kind of, <laughs> kind of like, I, I, yeah, it's such a. How did you find out about this movie? It's such a fucking weird. He did another one, uh, which a lot of people, the same director, did this other movie that I remember people were talking about a lot, called like Burbian Sound System or something like that. Uh. And I'm really curious if the tone is similar to what this movie's like. Yeah, I I, I like uh I'm always curious to see that when when someone makes something with a very specific or very offbeat tone. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what is your other shit? Does it all feel like this or or are all of them that far from center but in a different direction? Because that's what I'm really interested in is is people who can do that. Yeah. Yeah, this is because this is this is almost it's almost uh, like an Italian horror movie or something. Mm. It's it's got the because the, that's the aesthetic. It has this it has this vintage aesthetic to it. Although when it's actually set, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the 80s. Maybe it's like now and just a weird part of now. Um, I thought that part was brilliant that you couldn't tell. Mm. Yeah. Like when it was set, it didn't really, I couldn't get a beat on that either. Yeah. It feels like out of time. Like it's, it's some sort of like, and I think that's, you were, you were, it's almost like it exists in a dream space or something. Cause it's so weird. Um, And <laughs> just the, the the again like the tone being all over the place the the really <clears throat> I don't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know where to begin with the relationship between uh, Gwendolyn whatever her name is and 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 uh, the one woman's son and <laughs> it's like odd worship of her and them having animosity between each other. That whole part felt like a Doctor Who episode. 
the the thing between between his his uh just the vibe uh, of all three of those characters like that whole section of the film um it felt like one of those relationships on doctor who where they just like they're just like no no ham it up a little bit like <laughs> <laughs> this is British television. <laughs> yeah, no, and he's he... pretend the audiences are idiots and make it <laughs> really obvious for them. Uh, it, it, but it it somehow worked because it it put me in that mindset of like I'm willing to accept Doctor Who level shenanigans right now. Mm. Um, and then yeah, it was. Not that. Well, it it almost it almost starts off kind of grounded, sort of, and then immediately it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Um, the the fact that there's a department store staffed by like Edwardian robots, more or less. <laughs> That's what these these ladies seem like. Like they speak in this. If you if you mad, imagine a Victorian writing data from Star Trek, this is was what they would sound like. They just have this very elaborate flourish to however they talk about anything. Um, my, my favorite was like she she was like she was asking for the phone number and she was like telephonic code, please. <laughs> Yeah, and then like memorizes uh, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> her address, everything, and reports it to someone. Yeah, she calls it up, and then it, it's yeah. And they never, they never resolve that. Yeah, the, and then the fact that it, it's. Um... I mean, it's essentially about this uh, cursed dress, and that's that's the that's the like it 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 killed the model that wore it, and then it it this this poor lady who's just she seems kind of sad, uh, uh, is just trying to get make get on with her life after being divorced, I think, and just buys this dress, and then it's. Is uh, is terrorizing her in these very silly ways, <laughs> like coming to life in her closet and shit. Um, well, it's always creating tension and drama. Um, it gets excited anytime someone gets laid or dies, or gets it causes people to get into arguments. Um, to me, it struck me as as like some kind of like. Like this sort of spirit that you imagine like mean girls are in league with without knowing it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, someone who's just like stirring the fucking pot in like a sadistic way. Uh, or just getting just getting excited at any kind of thrill in a totally amoral way. Mm -hmm. That's that's like the kind of personality I sort of I saw in the dress um, just by what it was into. Yeah, and and like maximizing whatever would be the worst possible luck in a situation. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Like she she 
she wears it outside on a date and then a dog randomly attacks her <laughs> uh out of nowhere uh it destroys the the washing machine she puts it in and you know the, in that it wounds her too yeah i didn't feel like the people that owned this store were um were necessarily human um oh i don't i think they definitely weren't human or if they yeah. were they were part of some kind of you know cult that worshiped a thing but not the dress thing right like they they were trying to get rid of it so the the big thing to me about this was the that like you were you nailed it saying like the whole thing feels like it takes place in its own like dream world yeah that's what struck me as so successful about it and why i i just adored it like when it was like when i had shutter i just saw it on there and and watched it because it looked interesting like a a while back and it stuck with me as being just like one of my favorite things I've seen in quite a while because of that feel and for me there's something in there about uh like I felt like they represented department stores the way they felt to me when I was a kid my mom took me shopping like Mm -hmm. it was a big alien place where I could feel everything trying to like trick you into buying it and there was just this vibe of like there's something gross behind it. Um, mm. It's playing into everyone's insecurities and into all these things. And like, I feel like this kind of, I don't know, it, it, it captured that feeling to me. And I, I don't know. It was, it was, I guess it's sort of a specific sort of nostalgic dream time memory sort of shit. But it was, it was really special really spot on that um and like you said it felt like it could have been at any time uh but the the idea of building up this mystique of and the way that they took it so seriously uh, mm-hmm. like the supermarket way and i and i love I, I love how the the second couple so then there's that the second couple where the guy seems like kind of a wet blanket at first but <clears throat> he's surrounded by all these like really pushy guys at his own bachelor party. He's at his own bachelor party with his, you know, the father of the bride, which is just like... Bizarre. Yeah. Um, so bizarre. And they make him wear the dress, which is also... Is that a thing that's ever happened at a, at a I, bachelor? I, you know, I don't... I don't ever pretend to understand the ways of the English. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that that in itself, I'm like, is this an actual thing or is this just the weirdness of extremities of this movie? Yeah, it's hard to tell. And and the way it so. So like that, that weird, like it's funny, but not quite. He's he in particular is is the part of the movie where it's really it's really stretching it because he has this magical power to talk about the inner workings of a washing machine because that's what he does. He's a washing machine p- repairman. And for some reason, it turns it, it puts people in this ecstatic trance where they're like, I guess, in some orgasmic state. Anytime he starts talking about the weird, boring intricacies of washing machines. <laughs> yeah, that was special. Um, when I first watched it, 
I was so fucking delighted by that the first time. And then when they did it again, I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm so, so happy that 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 he made this a thing. He's oh. running with this. Yeah. And then like the third time, it's, it's unbelievable. It almost becomes the sub it becomes the subplot of the film. <laughs> the subplot of the movie is that this guy is so boring that he can put people in a trance. <laughs> and some people um, have heard about, are aware of this, and they want it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like his the <laughs> reputation precedes him at that point in the movie. Um, and his wife, I'm not sure if his wife, like, actually likes it. Yeah. Or not, but those guys at the end, that's... Yeah. Oh man, they're all about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has like performance anxiety. And like you can tell that he feels weird about them understanding it's a thing. Yeah. That was it was so successful. Like that scenes it works. Like it's not it's not easy to, to portray that. Like they're like, I'll do it, but I'm freaked out that you know that I that, <laughs> that I can do this <laughs> and that you want it. <laughs> Um, the other thing is is where they where because because they, they're her the the first woman works at the bank and these people are her boss they're her bosses I guess or something somewhere higher up and then oddly there oh he goes to them because he needs a loan right he loses his job because he he did a repair without permission or something I don't I, that's another weird one like he has he needs a washing machine repair license. And if he if he goes off book, if he does any uh, underground washing machine repair, he, he's he's banned or something. Even, his, even to his own machine, that's like yeah. a mechanic like changing their own oil and getting uh, fired for it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> Which it, yeah, it really added to that. There was this beautiful like corporate doom going. <laughs> but. Uh, there's a there's this there's this weird aspect about those guys, and the and the room they interview everyone in. It's all it's like a shot reverse shot, and the shot on them kind of looks like an office if I remember correctly. But in the reverse shot, whoever they're interviewing is always like behind them is just a fucking rack of different. It looks like carpet and like Shakespearean uh, like wardrobe and shit. It's like just a bunch of stuff like jammed together it's like where are they <laughs> i didn't even notice that yeah it's really fucking strange uh, i really uh really love the, the the uh the shop attendant lady like she's she's yeah she's the best part of the movie i think in some ways uh yeah she just she just held that role so well and um so much style and class with it. Like I, I was convinced by I was convinced by all the shopkeeps. The 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 main guy, like the the boss guy, kind of laid it on a bit thick at times. But um, I I love the scene, the like the most awkward scene in the movie, arguably. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue where the sex scene with the mannequin. Where yeah. She, bleeding from her mannequin vagina vagina yeah. <laughs> um, 
and the the boss is like watching and jerking off off and, and the uh the the counter lady is like making eye contact with him and fondling the the mannequin with another girl and well and and is it it's cross cut with something else too like um it's cross cut with that the mom oh, i don't remember now it's it's almost like it's activating the dress or it has something to do with the dress well so here yeah that that <laughs> that kind of leads to i feel like this is this is like the retail comedy horror version of Suspiria. <laughs> right? That yeah, that that tracks. I mean like they they get the dress into someone's life and then they activate it and it wreaks havoc. But they also like didn't want it back. I, I found the, the total lack of continuity uh in plot or symbolism or like like I kept looking this time for something the second time through, like um, something to like tie it all together. Like, what is this making a point? Or, you know, is there something I'm missing that they're getting at here? And I don't think so. Uh, it's just I, weird for weird sake. Like, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily for weird sake because it all tracks with its own ideas but it doesn't seem to map to some like greater uh, some meaning outside of itself, uh, mm. which I think is actually my favorite kind of art is I don't necessarily want, like I have parables. I have religious texts. I, I don't like that kind of like, don't try to teach me with art. Um, I, I just want, something cool that is self-referential like this was um that successfully gives its own like sort of cosmology mythology and um just some kind of like progression therein and it doesn't need to like add up to anything grand like it can just be that we get to watch the progression of this guy figuring out that his like boring knowledge of washers like zones people out and and we get to to have that experience of it becoming a thing he realizes the thing these guys realize it's a thing and they like are trying to get him to do it and it becomes awkward like like that was that was cool to me because so that could be the most awkward moment, but like so I, that, I, that that almost that almost felt more weird than the guy jerking off and watching the mannequin sex scene mm. because there was the way she looked at him, there was total acceptance to where like I'm watching it this time, and I'm like, this is it's weird how this feels intimate instead of just like funny like it feels funny but it's also an intimate scene where like he's vulnerable and she's not judging him even though she's doing something weird too there's like this uh, <clears throat> but then later when the guys are trying to get him to be boring on cue it felt like gross like he was being like 
Like it was like been used pornographic. Yeah, um, he's he's been used in a different way. Yeah. Um, I think I think my dog needs to go outside. Who cares? We don't have a guest. Just take him. You don't even have to tell me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, I'll be I'll be right back. So Kurt, how do you feel about? I'm probably gonna forget. Post this without editing. Probably gonna forget. Post this without editing. Gonna have this song. So I may as well throw in this song that you should probably donate to the podcast. There's a donate button in the show notes. Click it right now and give us your money. Give us your money because we do this for free. It takes all our time and it takes all our time. And some of our effort, but not all that much. Sorry. I'm sorry it took so long. Apparently that was a, uh, that wasn't an actual bathroom. That was a, I want to go stand in the wind. Take me outside is, is what that one was. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do some wind stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I was gonna say that um, that that scene with the mannequins, uh, it's it's fascinating because it, and it, it it's a very good encapsulation of like the what I'm when we're talking about the tone of this movie because it starts off and you're like, this is kind of stupid and. They just sort of they commit to it and they keep going and then it, it builds and is it goes from like stupid and silly to awkward because they're committing to it and then uh, it's the mannequin starts to bleed out of its vagina and then it, it goes into a completely other tone like it's like there's a there's a, there's a certain seriousness to it now yeah well, yeah it, it's a, like it's a, it almost, it's like, yeah. No, go ahead. It almost ends up being that the that's the point when the mannequin becomes the main character, but it doesn't become totally obvious until it's over. Hmm. Because the, all the other characters are kind of like in servitude to this thing, and it ends up being that that's present for the accident and everything. Uh, so it almost seems like the the dress is a a product of that mannequin entity. Yeah. And was it the mannequin that was wearing the dress too? Yeah, I feel, yeah, I kind of almost feels like, yeah, there's something interesting going on there. Like if if we're going to do the usual thing where we just assume everything makes 100% perfect sense in its own universe. Mm Mm-hmm. And like try to make sense of this. I think maybe the dress is just something that it was something that the the mannequin being manifested, which is what that whole cult is in service to. It's like something. Uh, the, the are are, are like it it beckoning you in and yeah. Like, um. Or that the are that the dress the dress gives life to the mannequin or something. Mm. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the mannequin, like, isn't human. But it uses the dress to go have human, ex- like, closer to human experiences. I, well, I actually wonder if, um, in some ways in this movie, if the attendants, like all the witch ladies that work that shop, I wonder if at some point they were all mannequins, right? Because they're all, you know, those are all wigs, right? I think she she takes it off and loses it at one point, and you see that she has a, like she has a bald head. So in a sense that she's also so I mean, is there is there some other aspect of this where the mannequins like this is a process for the mannequin to evolve and become one of them fully? Oh. It's like here's your dress, which is also like sort of a weapon you can send out to like steal experiences and hum- human like passions, and and that feeds into, and then eventually you can like be a store clerk, yeah, uh, and pass for human sort of. That's I like that. It's kind of like this is just like what the the natural course of events after the movie Mannequin. <laughs> this is the sequel. This is like what happened goes real dark. Like, <laughs> oh, there's love. And like, but out of that love, she thinks she's human and their babies are like kind <laughs> of cre- half breeds. <laughs> and it yeah, it's almost like they're they're the store itself is the larger organism that they're all a part of. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, that that's that makes more sense to me. Like the dress is almost like uh like if it were a video game, that would be its weapon that you like shoot it out and it oh, like yeah. possesses someone and does a dance and then <laughs> back and recharges you up. <laughs> but it's like it has to stay out. Otherwise it's not doing its job as an appendage. Well, there's something interesting there because it almost seemed like maybe one of them was a prop. Maybe one of the mannequins was a problem child. Maybe it wasn't the same one they were having sex with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe one of them was just like, "Oh, this dress is a problem. Like it's it shouldn't be killing people. We we like to do this a little bit more discreetly." Maybe all yeah, of- I went rogue or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe all the clothes are, but that that's the one they're like trying to get out. But then there's also like the the hem, like the the writing on the hem, which or on the seam, which oh, like yeah. makes it seem like a person cursed the dress, you know, to where it is to know it. Um, yeah, well, it. I mean, it ends with uh, the main clerk like going down that elevator and then it's sort of reviewing all the people that the dress killed and they were they're sort of sewing it or something which at that point it felt like um did you ever see uh oh man never mind i can't remember the name of it scarlett johansson as uh an alien oh yeah beneath the skin yes yeah it felt like that uh, at that point, like in a weird, like they had just assimilated. Mm. They were all making new dresses. Like, I will say, I like this movie more than Beneath the Skin. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> I really liked Beneath the Skin. Um, oh, really? I did. I uh, I didn't, and I think it, part of it was uh, there was this a really annoying conversation about that movie when it came out. That I'm like, I don't think you people are watching. I think you're making your ideas fit onto this movie. This movie's not what you. What was that conversation? There was this whole thing. I've never heard anybody talk about it really, but I have my own. Like, I feel like that was a film that was very much about something that wasn't the movie itself. Uh huh. Uh, but I felt like they did a very good job of it. Well, it'd be interesting to to hear what you think. Well, so they, the whole discourse that was happening in the, and with the critics was that this was like this. Uh reversal of 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 male predation or something and that like now now this is a movie where men can will feel like they're being preyed upon or some shit like they were um uh it, it was yeah it was this real weird like very basic like feminist uh empowerment thing and i'm like i don't think that's that's not really what that movie is it's I mean, yeah, she like because they kept talking about her uh, like instead of a predatory male gaze, it's a predatory female gaze. And I'm like, there's nothing. I never felt like she was a predator ever. Like she was doing a job and people would end up dead. But I but she grew sympathy over time. And it was more like she had a job to do, but I didn't. It never and it was never this like inversion that they claimed it to be because like also all her, all her victims were willing. It's not like she forced people into anything. They, they came to her. Uh, yeah. It was just, it was, it was, it just kind of annoyed me. <laughs> um, Well, I, th- I thought it was a just kind of like a story about how not fitting into like a sort of what is expected of 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 a, a female or of a woman um, as far as like sexual norms. Like if if someone's more uh, more empowered quote unquote, or more promiscuous or more uh, inclined to like less traditional uh, partnership scenarios or whatever. Like to me, it it kind of struck me as like someone who's very other to everyone they're with and everyone they're with, like everyone she was with seemed very Like kind of like their world was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the story was basically about how anytime that exists, there are like it's like mostly what she runs into are people that don't quite understand. They 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 all want to like keep her for themselves or have them all to themselves kind of thing, I think. Um, 
that's my memory of it anyway. It's a, it, there was like a, a sense of them getting lost and her not getting lost. And that's why they drown in her. Uh, but then when that sort of thing shows up, there's inevitably like an, a masculine force that comes along that wants to like corrupt it. Uh, because it's not something that's like in line with what they, and that's sort of like the her getting um, the like the her in the woods when she has her like full transformation. So that's sort of like to me, it's felt like a sexual assault situation. Mm. That's like the. <clears throat> men wanting to corrupt things they don't understand or can't can't own like that that desire that was that was kind of what i got that's what i remember getting from it at the time granted i watched it like buck when it like not long after it left theater so i don't really remember i don't know i'd have to watch it again I, it's been a really long time i also remember it being kind of um I don't know. I didn't vibe with it very well. And uh I mean I that's an interesting take, but hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We I'd have to revisit it, honestly. I've only seen it once and this was in theaters like years ago. I also I felt like there was a Like most of the men she was with in that movie seemed like they were like just very, very small. That's how I think of it. Like, well, they were like, they're just normal. I think, in fact, it was like a lot of the, the interactions that she supposedly had with all the men were like not scripted. Oh, really? Well, not all of it. Uh, there was, I think, there was on, there was stuff that was like on the street that was just her interacting with people, supposedly. That would make sense. But I mean, the ones that she actually had like screen time with, uh, that were part of the film. Mm -hmm. Those, uh, like film. <laughs> when did I stop saying movies? <laughs> 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 big time podcast now <laughs> films we do films uh yeah but again like yeah it's been so long i don't fucking remember but yeah i'm really interested to see this other this guy's other stuff uh Forget the name, but the guy that did in fabric. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. What is his name? It, it's uh, Peter Strickland, and he has another movie that he, that recently came out that is like that seems like it's 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 like this one. It's it's it has a similar tone, possibly. Uh. But I'm curious about his earlier ones, and I I'm, I wonder about the trajectory of of him as a filmmaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, Burberry, Burberry and Sound Studio. That's the name of the one that I remember everybody talking about. But he's a very, it's a very interesting. And if he kind of came to this before anyone else too, that would, that would, that's what I'm really curious about because this is sort of, he's playing in a realm. Um, oddly that I think, uh, like Tim and Eric kind of do too, mm. where it's, it's, it's the, it's these very strange mix of antiquated aesthetics but i felt like uh, this with the the soundtrack it just nailed it like for me um mm-hmm. all those little cutscenes too of just showing like n- no one's face but like random things about shopping just in between everything mm-hmm. um, those were prime those were just perfect to me those uh added so much to the tone it was like it was like having uh you know like well well drawn um like as just sort of like aesthetic setting stuff in between your squares in a comic or in in like a graphic novel that's what that felt like to me it was just like here's here's this all these feelings all these like still photographs and sounds of people shopping and it's enough to just elicit all those faded memories from childhood and just like pull them just enough into mind that then the next scene has those running in the background um like it it was good magic Mm. yeah it's it's directing with tone more than anything else which like think it's the kind of the direction that like everything interesting is heading yeah i i there's i think there's always a tension uh in storytelling between between that between when because i've thought about this too like there's there um there is something super powerful about a just really well-made well-plotted film they can be incredibly i actually think it's harder to do i think people think it's easy and i don't i don't think it actually is mm-hmm. um and then i think like with the movie like in fabric and the, and the thing about in fabric is is and that's what kind of why i wrestle with it i'm like do i i'm not sure if i like this or not but i can't deny it because uh, what it's doing, it's doing so well, and it and it's because I think in lesser hands, this could just devolve into complete bullshit. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it it would it would just be utterly stupid. Uh, but the fact that it just goes, it's not afraid to go to these really ridiculous places, and yet maintain this balance where they're almost unnerving and, and how strange they are. Um, well, it's, it's like when he, uh, when the washing machine repairman's guy, when his license gets revoked, like that, that on a page would be just a really basic comedy skit. 
thing. But just the way, first, the, the way the actor looks, who's his boss, the fact he doesn't say anything ever. He doesn't like, break eye contact. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, doesn't blink. blink. I, don't I don't think he blinks. <laughs> he doesn't blink. There, there's something set up earlier where he's upset this guy because he didn't invite him to the bachelor party, his bachelor party or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's almost a quality of you don't even know if this guy even speaks the same language. (laughs) (laughs) Is he he stuffed? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then he takes his license and eats it (laughs) in front of him. (laughs) And like, it's a pretty convincing swallow. Like it, yeah, it's a really good job, and and he clearly they they clearly did a a painstaking job on finding the right person for that face. Yeah, because he's terrifying. <laughs> he's got the eyes of a shark. Well, it's a, it's a, it's particularly in contrast to who is sitting across from him, because they <laughs> also found a guy who looks like. He could talk about washing machines and send you into a trance. He's the wettest. Or boredom. Yeah. He's just the wettest of all the blankets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really funny, too, because I, I like that they gave him like a really, a really cute, like attractive wife who's just yeah. totally emotionally inaccessible. And his almost there's a scene that scene where he's fucking her and she <laughs> she's just having a conversation with him. That's the most awkward scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, the sentence that that sums up that scene is, "You can use my holes if you listen to what I'm saying." <laughs> yeah. It's that intimate. <clears throat> Exactly that intimate. <laughs> Somebody discussed, yeah, well, I wonder then, does he get boners while he's shopping or while he's like doing the mundane shit she's talking about? Like, does there, are there weird associations for me there? <laughs> They'll come up later. Uh, I'm sure whatever it is, it's very fucked up. Whatever. Like George, like George Costanza getting hot bothered from eating after like having sex and eating at the same time for a while. <laughs> I never saw that. You didn't? No. Fuck, we watched through all of Seinfeld like this past year. Um, yeah, I've I only know I've only seen like choice parts of Seinfeld. I've never I've never watched the whole thing. Mm. It's it's also it's also okay. How high would you rank this as far as being a film? that you would not want your mom to come in in the middle of and sit down and start <laughs> watching with you. <laughs> oh. I mean, 
it's it's under nymphomaniac. List. <laughs> 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 I feel like I feel like Nymphomaniac is I think there's a field that surrounds that movie that actually prevents that exact scenario from happening. <laughs> Not like you get like a, a thunderstorm taking out the power lines. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're at your fucking mom's house trying to watch <laughs> Nymphomaniac. <laughs> it's either that or it's stuck on a it, it gets jammed into whatever you're watching so the only that movie plays whenever your TV is on <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i think um what else I mean, she, my mom, my mom is well aware that I will watch some really ridiculous or crazy shit just for like an objective experience of something. Like, of mm. like, I, I just wanted to see what that felt like. Um, like, she actually gets that. I guess I'm just realizing that now. Like, I'm really thankful that she does. She, she's gone to a lot of movies with me that like like oh, hold know. on a second hold on a second hello that's oh, fine wasn't trying to yeah. uh yeah it's in the back if you go down the driveway it's in the back it's there's a uh i'll, I'll come with you hold oh on. you motherfucker is that takeout uh so it sounds like your mom would be cooler about this than my mom. I don't I think this I think my I think this would upset my mom. <laughs> and then we should it, we it would it would be on and then she would uh, like ask if I was a devil worshiper after or something. This is it's that kind of No. No, my mom's pretty cool about stuff like that. <clears throat> like yeah, she she gets it. Like even if she doesn't like it, she gets why someone would experience art for just the sake of it um, mm -hmm. which is really nice I'm really thankful for that i think you you'd really like her like all my friends always have um she's always been kind of like the cool mom to them and the annoying mom to me <laughs> yeah my my mom's always uh very sweet uh but um not doesn't exactly understand i think that's the difference like i i know like my mom i don't think really understands me or my interests <laughs> so um yeah it's a very different thing yeah i guess my mom might not understand but she like gives it the time of day it's mm -hmm. like it gives the respect of like, well, I know you're good. So if you're interested in it, then it can't be bad. <laughs> Let me try and wrap my head around it. And she does she does a good job of that. No, no, my 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 mom would, would be uh she'd probably look askance and, and be like, Are you doing drugs? No, I didn't. <laughs> 
Well, that's kind that of. was always my. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's you. You first. Oh no, I, I that that was always my favorite thing is that uh, uh, while I never did drugs in high school or even in college, uh, my mom constantly asked me if I did <laughs> if I <was> doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking oprah winfrey warped her brain or something or somebody <laughs> got to her like well my mom was always only concerned with which ones it was never a question of if <laughs> oh. huh. um i was always pretty open about that too you know like even when i'd try hallucinogens or something like i'd like tell her after sometimes sometimes i'd tell her mm-hmm. before like i'm gonna try this thing i'm gonna do it in a place that's safe whatever mm. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon or something yeah and like she wouldn't approve of it and she wouldn't she'd probably worried a lot but uh yeah i don't know it was always better to be honest i mean do you think did do you think she ever did drugs um well I like know, pot. Yeah, that's 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 all. Yeah. Um she's always pretty afraid to do everything else. I've I I've been for years trying to get into microdose mushrooms because I think it would be unbelievably helpful for her. Mm. Like, you know, uh an amount that you don't actually feel much of anything. Like I honestly I think she should fucking take a heroic dose. <laughs> environment but i think most people should do that um but i i think even just microdosing would be unbelievably helpful for her like i know she's i don't know if it's adhd or if it's a little maybe a little bit of that maybe a little bit of a little bit of ocd in there to be honest uh i'm pretty sure my grandpa's ocd so I think mom's got a touch of it and she might even be on some kind of autism spectrum. Oh, really? Uh, like very mildly. Uh, I just want to make sure my dog wasn't getting into the food somehow. Yeah. She has stuff with like um, her senses where, and and I get it too. Not not as not nearly as bad as her, at least not at this age. But like, here's an example. In the car driving, we're on one of those highways that's being repaired. So the sections have like every few seconds, you're hitting a big dung, dung, dung. The repetition of that put her through a nightmare of like it keeps happening why won't it stop and then like anger and then exhaustion and then finally like i notice something's wrong and she's crying because the sound keeps repeating and it just won't stop and and it's not that bad for me but but for me i would i would get that when i would do um any kind of paid work like, like for me going by the time I hit Thursday in a five day work week, I want to blow my brains out. Like, it's just like, it just doesn't stop. It's the same fucking thing. 
over and over and nothing ever changes and it just keeps going. And so like when, when I, I've had that my whole life, you know, that kind of feeling about certain things, um, it feels like a fever dream. It feels like madness. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's actually like a name for this disorder, which I don't fucking remember at all, but the, it's, there's something about it. It's like a sensory input thing. Um, and she gets it really bad. She'll get like angry over a smell. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Not an easy person to grow up with, but uh, it, it sounds like it'd be hard. Yeah. Well, she's a Scorpio too, but we're pretty good these days. Uh, what did uh, was she just a stay at home mom? What did she do? Um, she would clean house sometimes, and she worked at. I, I don't remember. It's hard for me to discern at what phases of my childhood these were. But, yeah. Uh, I know. Okay, I think I know when I was really little, she she cleaned houses. But I think like intermittently, like she would go back to that at some points. I don't remember. Um, and but we lived in Florida, like Gulf Coast, Florida, so. Um, when, when I say clean house, like, um, it was like mansions, uh, or condos or whatever. Like there were a couple that were were actual mansions. Like there was an elevator in one of them that had like, I'll never, I'll I'll never forget the naked ladies painted on the elevator walls. So like, as you go down, you see, like, there were like people like, you know, I'm sure it was like a classical, like art painting, but it. It was like, oh, there's naked people as I go down. I, 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 what I want it to be is like a Boris Vallejo, like bodybuilder, huge tit woman, <laughs> like with a, like with a sword against a dragon. That's I was not that. My my sexuality might be different. Uh, might be more complex. <laughs> um, but, no, and, and down there in the basement, they had like. Uh, this opening to the pool which was in a giant outdoor cage and then uh one of those table two-player miss pac-mans oh man yeah they were they were fucking loaded yeah and that was yeah. two kitchens there was like an entire separate residence downstairs this was out i think it was on bird key which is maybe it was Lido key. I don't remember. It was near where one of the ACDC lead singers has his his like main residence, his mansion. Wait, so wait, was is this in the Florida Keys? No, it's like in Sarasota. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's the house where I, I, I told this episode of one of our earlier episodes or this story in one of our earlier episodes of where that, that was the house. The one with the Miss Pac-Man was the one that had the big red button, like the metaphorical, like archetypal big red button. Like they literally had one that was like a panic button because they were rich as fuck. Mm -hmm. So my mom like i guess before i was even like i have memories of this place but this happened when i was younger because she, she cleaned house for them for several years and and i didn't even i don't i didn't even remember it until she told me when i was like my 20s um and she explained to me that this 
No, you know, it's okay to go up and down the elevator. Here's how you do that. It's okay to play with Miss Pac-Man, you know. Let me know if you want to do other things. Like, we can get stuff in the kitchen. And I mean, that place was great. Their, their master bedroom, a little sidetrack. Their master bedroom had, this was before flat screens, right? This was fucking in the 90s, like early 90s. Maybe late 80s, actually. Uh, like my first memories. Their master bedroom had like a king size bed, and at the foot of the bed, there was this what looked like an end table, until you press a button, and a fucking giant TV rose up from it. <laughs> I was like, "This is, this is unbelievable," and I still didn't really realize that we were poor. You know, <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, these people have a lot more stuff than us. Maybe one day we'll have space for this stuff." In my head, it was just like, well, we have a small apartment, so we can't get all this. Logistics <laughs> <laughs> <Just> issue. <laughs> when they were handing out the 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 hidden TV in in uh, in tables, they didn't. Uh, it's like, well, we can't take it. We just don't have the room for it. I think <laughs> in my mind, though, like I think there was a point in my childhood where I thought that a social security number was like a lottery, and that determined like how much stuff you had. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be far off um <laughs> it's just dynastic for sure <laughs> that's also such a, a hilarious like why why would the tv even need to hide what <laughs> <laughs> it's no it's not about hiding the tv it's about showing off the rising of the tv the tv of course of course but then <laughs> did this place have a secret passage it should have a secret passage well i, I didn't know about it if it did my great my great grandma's house did though um that's another story altogether um <laughs> but uh whoa what were we talking about florida and what your mom did and the oh, big the big red, red button. button. Just to wrap that story up, the the big red button was like, "Don't press this." And then, so of course, the first chance I got, I pressed it, and I don't remember this at all. Like, I think the trauma blocked it out, but uh, I pressed it, and like alarms started going off everywhere, and lights, and like several different kinds of emergency people showed up, and my mom was mortified and thought she was going to lose her her job her like because they they paid well and they trusted her and like for someone who has a panic button if they can trust you you know that's worth money so like i she she like yelled at me and yelled at me she said and she felt horrible about it like for years she, she like carried the guilt of yelling at me for that for years and mm -hmm. was like of course you were gonna press the button how did i not know you were gonna press the you know yeah but yeah that's that story did it at least have like a a, a glass case above it that you had to flip off to, <laughs> to like press or is it i have no idea i don't remember that i don't remember it at all i remember the naked people in the elevator but i don't and i remember miss pac-man and i remember what the like spare bedroom was like where i would go to like read or um you know look at i don't 
think I had pogs yet, but I had something collectible that I looked at that I can't really remember at that point. I can remember all kinds of things about it. I, I remember like the floor vents and I remember playing, oh, Z-Bots. I had Z-Bots. I'd play with Z-Bots in the floor vents. What were Z-Bots? Uh, look it up. They're, they're little, <laughs> they're just like little resin uh, molded robot guys. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I don't even think there was any lore. Like I, and the, oh oh okay i think i preferred a lot of a lot of toys that didn't have any of their own lore so that i could just make up shit on shit oh it 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 okay you know what this reminds me of these remind me of there was this um they were they were all it was just a bunch of like little tiny figures that were monsters. It was like this. Like they weren't even posable. They were just rigid. They were called muscles. Oh, I remember muscles. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like a collection of random. I think they're all probably Japanese originally that that were just <laughs> they made them flesh colored for some reason. And then <laughs> oh fuck. These were actually made by Transformers. Oh, really? Yeah, it says, uh, oh, wait, maybe they're not. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm seeing them associated with micro machines. Was is it? Yes, 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 that is true. Wasn't micro machines also? No, I think that was just the website I was looking at was Transformer Land. But that website is telling me that they are made by Micro Machines. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. I wonder if the Micro Machines guy ever talked really fast about Zboss. I probably he must have. I need to know. It, thinking about this house in Florida and and this big red button, I keep imagining like it's it's the size of a of a frisbee. And it's beneath like a giant Abraham Lincoln head. <laughs> I'm sure it was to me. <laughs> I'm sure it felt like I had to use two fists to like pound it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> the, the Abe Lincoln head is like some weird Pee Wee Herman paper mache thing that you have to like it's scale. is so <laughs> gigantic and awkward. <laughs> I hit it and it's just like nightmare mode. Nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> You're a bad child. You're a bad child. You're a bad child. And it's just like an image of it's just like a, a footage of my mother screaming at me, but it's in mute and all you can hear is like a high pitched whine, like a bomb went off. Scorpio face. <laughs> <laughs> but I also know what you mean about the the pull in a cage too. The the because it's like a screen, right? It, like it's a screened in. It's almost like a screened in porch. Oh, yeah, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it was interesting because like the 
the ground floor of the, the house where you enter in the front was the second floor if you're in the pool. Mm. Um, because it was all, you know, I'm sure built up with construction materials so that if it floods, you just go upstairs and let Miss Pac-Man drown. Not Miss Pac-Man. Which it inevitably would flood. <clears throat> My ship, our, our house flooded twice that I remember, and I think it was three times. I think it was once when I was a baby uh, in, in Sarasota, like our, our apartment, which was not near the water. It was just inland in a, in a low-lying parking situation. That's That must have been terrifying. Not to me. I thought it was fun as fuck. Did you lose a bunch of shit? I mean, you know, it, it was just rain. And so, like, slowly the water level rises. So you just, like, get a bunch of blocks and put everything up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, to my experience of it was, like, my parents are freaking out. And I'm, like, just splashing around, like, there's water in the house! <laughs> Great! <laughs> Our house is a pool! Everything is so fun! <laughs> Like, why are you guys so angry at each other all the time? <laughs> Little did you know, it's, it's underneath the big red button that said "pause flood." That's <laughs> <laughs> like cause <laughs> to divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hit the wrong button. Uh, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> slow decay of love. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a magic button, kid. It's basic math. <laughs> Your dad was Amish. <laughs> Scorpio mother married an Amish, a man that was raised Amish. Like, what? <laughs> Feelings are the most important thing in the world. Feelings are constantly getting in the way of practical matters. <laughs> did he leave? No. No. How did that how did that work? I'm pretty sure he was totally blindsided by like I want to get a divorce. Mm. I th- that's the impression I get. I think the same thing happened to one of his brothers. I think a non-Amish raised guy might have gotten the clues or the hints mm. or the like... <laughs> Like, I'm unhappy and these things need to change verbatim conversations. But um, they just didn't have context for that kind of emotional modality or like navigating the invisible in general. Like that, that includes emotions, right? Like that's, they didn't have the tools for it. They didn't have the landscape at all. Uh, I think my dad got a hug from his dad for the first time when he was like 40. Mm. 
my dad was 40 years old when he hugged his dad for the first time, if I'm remembering correctly. I think I think my dad told me I I don't think I think he said maybe he got a hug from his father once. That's crazy. Yeah. My dad said when they were kids, uh, well, because my grandma and grandpa Yoder had 11 children. And my dad and his brothers used to dare each other to go touch my grandpa while he was sleeping. Really? Yeah. It's like, that's their dad. They would dare each other to go touch him. <laughs> like, not, not, not big on emotions. The Amish. <laughs> or zippers, for that matter. Hmm. Why did the hiccups bad? Like the third time in two days. It's the uh, eclipse of hiccups uh, for me. Need to you need to throw up that uh throw up that, that scorpion water. That's uh stirred up by the moon <laughs> it's yeah we're talking about my mom the scorpio and yelling at me and the big red button and then i get the hiccups and it's the scorpio eclipse yesterday man i've i've been sleeping like i eclipses i always fucking sleep so so hard during a lunar eclipse every time and it's been like oh i'll just take a little nap and I'll wake up six hours later. And then three hours after that, I fall asleep for like four or more hours. And then that's just been happening for days. That's weird. Okay. Like I, I've just been taking these like three to six hour naps and not really knowing what day it is for for a week. Yeah, that's I th I think for me it's just been this. I don't know. Today feels like such a relief, uh, which which I'm surprised. Like I, you know, I you can follow astrology and read about it and hear people talk about it, but there's a certain you know, like eh, but really, but that was that was kind of like I have a tangibly different mood today than I did yesterday. Mm. Like I was pretty fucking sad and miserable really? for a ma majority of, of yesterday and then it just I feel clearer what house did it hit for you? fourth oh okay good thing you've done a fuckload of ancestor work or that would have been a mess <laughs> uh, I think that's a general uh, <laughs> that's a true like good thing you've done a lot of ancestor it's probably for everything it's like, like, you, like take a shit tomorrow morning and say the same thing like you go speak the mail like wow good thing I did a bunch of ancestor work <laughs> well I was speaking mostly just to all the different fucking houses but yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. yeah um yeah no I mean it, it's it was it's interesting right because it's it's the house. It's the house of home, or in and home family, that kind of thing. Living situation, and um, 
that has been the huge drama uh, for the entirety of this fucking eclipse. These the cycle, I think, mm. wanting to move, finally moving. I don't know if that's a hundred percent resolved yet, but but at least I feel differently. <laughs> but that's usually, however, we align ourselves is how like things kind of fall. So yeah, that's the that's the big step is like getting yourself like situated to where this is this is how things need to go now. Yeah, and just being like confident in that. <clears throat> Even if it's vague, like that, that helps everything move along. I think being like a little bit divided or a little unsure, a little doubtful, um, it kind of keeps things from manifesting the way we want. Yeah, it's it's hard to wrestle with because I I I do I do believe that, and I do. Um, I do grasp at, but it's it's hard to change that mood when you're in when you're in a bad situation to try to to think yourself in a different like different than how you're actually feeling about the situation is so challenging. Yeah, uh, especially when you're really got got a lot of water stuff going on in your chair. Yeah, like the overwhelming, overwhelming quality of emotion. I mean, I guess this is this is where being Amish would help. <laughs> or, well, that's yeah, that's the that's the more <laughs> like that's the sutras. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can go tantric and. And like let it overwhelm you until you've you've just dissolved and you're like, no, all of it's meaningless now. And so I'm free. <laughs> I might be more that that uh that that arm of things. Yeah. Or That's... actually actually it's like resist, resist, and then oh, okay, fuck it. And then just try to let's feel it all of it. All of it. That's what's really funny. It's something I've it's been clicking with me recently is like that's actually the left-hand path like in like what the, what they call the left-hand path in western magic is often just like no i'm committed to earthly delights <clears throat> like i'm committed to making things work for me in this lifetime and not looking at a picture that's beyond beyond that and trying to like make better merit and like um, like I don't know, kind of raise raise the self up through action. It's like, no, I want to get ahead. I want I want that power. Uh, I want to succumb to my feelings of revenge or or spite or indulge in them. And I'm not judging. I get that. <clears throat> what's what's it, what's been clicking with me? God, these hiccups are killing me the last like week or so and i think it had to do with this eclipse stuff because the first one that happened in my 12th house and this one happened in my seventh mm. um 
still waiting to find out who has betrayed me. <laughs> Seven past lunar eclipse and all. No. Um, but like it it occurs to me that that is the path I took. I just took it before it became willingly and like stepped into knowingly being a, a magician or a practitioner. Um I mean I was, but it was very psychonautical, very shaman-ish. And then it was drug addict. But the drug addict part, <clears throat> that that was that. That was mm. me go going like full indulgence. Um, like that 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 tantra co- concept of like there is such a thing as enough. And <laughs> rather than go like, oh, I need to stay away from that and forget what it feels like, it's it's actually like, no, do it until everything burns and you really have the experience of like this is not worth it Mm. actually experience that it's not worth it not not just to take someone else's word for it and if you're the kind of person that has to has to learn that way then like it's it's not an easy path but it is the faster path it is faster yeah if you survive it yeah yes well i think it's faster even if you don't Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like if we're talking multiple lifetimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's really something to that. Um, everything changes. You know, like like if you start to look at re- reincarnation as a real thing and, and incorporate that as just fully real, you start to look like a psychopath to others because death takes on a new meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people will think that you're nuts because suddenly like dying isn't the worst thing there is uh, betraying yourself is <laughs> betraying what you know is like right or real is like the worst thing that, that could happen uh, so like if, if someone's stuck on a kick like from a ten- tantric point of view yeah, granted this is just me with no teacher no guru just pointing piecing shit together as I can. Uh, but like, <laughs> hiccup, the idea of, uh, of like, if I died, like, and I've thought about this a bit, if I died while I was a drug addict, drug addict in this lifetime, I still would have at least been being like real to what my struggle was. And it, and it is that like grasping at pleasure. <clears throat> um, and and grasping at relief from pain, right? Um, just surrendering to the fact that, like, at least this world is a place where suffering is prevalent. Uh, not fighting or trying to run from it. Like, there's a lot more power in that. If you actually understand that you can, like relieve it temporarily and you like then have have experiences with that and then and then end up choosing not to like there's there's more power in making a a choice um against a temporary relief when you've experienced that it's incredibly effective and you're still like no but actually i know firsthand that's not 
worth it. So I'm not going to do it. But if you just take someone's word for it, like you're not actually weighing the reality of it because you don't have, you don't own, you don't possess the reality, right? It's a, fac it's a facsimile of it. And it can be an effective one if someone describes it effectively, but it's still different when you've experienced a thing and then you deny it. There's, there's like a greater contrast and a greater uh, discipline in it. Is that making sense? Am I making, am I making sense? Am I, am I just like uh, sitting here drinking Jaeger with hiccups, not making sense? I, I only hear the hiccups. I don't, I, I couldn't pay attention. No, no, uh, it does. I, I, I do get what you're saying. Uh, what it, it, um, there's almost like there's something, there's something about the suffering, like this, it's like the suffering is transformative. Um, and if you don't, if you don't go through it, you don't, you're just, you stay static. And that's probably the point is to experience, is experience the suffering. I, I, I know suffering can be a lot of different things, but yeah. I associate it with like a fiery spirit. Um, there's something about like the anguish that turns. It's like it burns away everything. Um, and I guess it can be more watery. It can be like a slower. Uh, more fluid sort of thing that chokes over time. But, but for me, I think my suffering is usually fiery, and it, and I usually find myself at the end feeling, it really is like this feeling like ashes, like you're left with just these like basic minerals, of, uh, yeah. But it's it's so hard to embrace that because we're we're everything. I think everything that we're ever taught is through examples, right? Like the subtlety of example is to avoid it like that's bad and we should kind of fear it definitely avoid it like discomfort is referred to as violence these days mm. like words can be referred to as violence but words can literally only create discomfort um, if, unless you are allowing them to, unless there's a lot more going on there. Yeah, and it's, uh, <laughs> I remember the, being backstage at this like, is this like interview show, uh, this like improv interview show and they were running their their like warm-up exercises and posted on the wall was this thing that was like go towards the discomfort mm. um because that's where the that's where the comedy or the drama was right subtext that's where the medicine is yeah exactly um 
so if something is like there's there's usually that does mean that there's something to to reckon with in one way shape or form it's like when you get a massage right he's like oh there's a sore spot i should spend more time on that mm -hmm. yeah the fact that it's it hurts is what is is the signal that it needs it needs more attention not to be ignored Oh, I'm finding a knot on your back. I'm going to work on your feet for the rest of this session. <laughs> I don't want to stir the pot. Oh, you're a terrible massage there. <laughs> uh, even more extreme would be like, <laughs> so why are you in the hospital today? Oh, I've been shot. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think you need a haircut. Let's start with that. Let's start with those bangs, bitch. <laughs> don't, you, don't you feel better about yourself now? Yeah, emotionally. <laughs> However, I don't have that much blood left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore that. It'll go away eventually. <laughs> Along with your life, but that's okay. Lord has been yeah. going up. What God? This <laughs> is like 30 seconds of nothing. And then you first. Oh no! I was. It was just. Uh, it's. It, it's just that. That's so. That's so true. It's like everything. Anytime you are. You are experiencing some sort of suffering slash discomfort slash pain. It's like. The signal is to deal with. You have something you need to deal with. Um. I just think in general, if you kind of position yourself to look at life, look at your life as a catered experience. Pretend that it has been crafted for you by whatever floats your boat. Like imagine it's your ancestors or AI or the watchers or whatever the fuck. Klaus Kinski. Uh, yes, it's well, it would be Werner Herzog. Klaus Kinski is kind of just a, a piece in the game. <clears throat> um but then then that becomes like that becomes a challenge, and everything that comes at you is asking you, and, and like this is in my mind irrefutably true because I've seen it happen to I've experienced it myself multiple times like countless times and seen it with others multiple times <clears throat> people very close to me where the same challenges will repeat themselves until you get them right like the mm -hmm. same shit will loop back around and you find yourself in the same pattern of a situation over and over again until you break the cycle and then move on to the next thing and like it just it strikes me as so true that karma is real because it's not it's not looked at as like some 
ideology or something it's straight metaphysics it's like they believe that this is like a law that's in the universe and my experience is that that's true um one of my best friends like had that happen on like a on like a five-year interval like this thing would happen to him and then one night it happened and i happened to be there and i happened to be like here's here's a bunch of mushrooms and he was able to just basically like grind it out and not repeat the pattern mm. and broke it and was like aware and conscious, fully conscious of the fact that that's what was happening and told me all about it the next day. And, uh, and I was aware of, we'd known each other for a long time. I was aware of all of the other times where that same pattern had come up for him and he like brought all of them up for me fresh my memory it was, it was just really interesting i think that that's that's a real thing uh i don't remember why i'm talking about this anymore but just suffering and and yeah so, act like what it means and and uh it as a signal of you of something you need to act upon well but, i i think i'm finding I'm finding that um, they will come back. It'll come back around, but it'll come back around in a different shape. That's if you've actually done the work. Mm. Uh, I sometimes I think you can you can just straight break a thing and you're done with it. But then I think some some things are uh, in your life are much more deeply woven in, mm. and so you'll undo a level of it. And it'll cycle back around, but when it comes back around, it'll have it'll it'll be different. It'll be an echo of what you've dealt with before, but it's like you've gotten to a deeper layer of it, and so you're you have to un unpack that one. Yeah. So it's a much more gradual, deeper, longer transformation than than. A... It's like, did you really get it? Here's a variation of this riddle. <laughs> You got one of the colors of the Rubik's cube, but you know there's all these this is five <laughs> other fuckers. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ruin that that nice that's nice nice full blue plane. You have to fuck that one up to get this get the other two right. <laughs> yeah, it is always like follow the sore spots and follow the vibes like the things that make you feel good and the things that make you the things that make you feel anything right um but sometimes that's confusing because at some points like everything makes us feel something but yeah i think uh it's a pretty good rule of thumb that like when when you feel weird are awkward like it's a good thing to to hone in on it and and let it just be gentle and like be with it be present with it and be gentle and don't judge and oftentimes those things will un unpack on their own it's like it's it's honestly really easy if you let it let it do its thing but there's so much like we get so tense and constricted when we feel weird or uncomfortable or those moments of like 
there are potential medicines and healing like just waiting for you like right there and that's when we feel the weirdest is when we have to like break the barrier and access those things but that's the time when you just need to like sit back and be like okay i feel this what is this about <laughs> what are you doing weird feeling Sometimes oh you you're pressing a big red button in <laughs> florida or sometimes you're uh, you're making an entire movie and the big red button is a dress that's floating through the entire movie yeah yeah i'm not ruling out that like everything that i've said about this movie is my projection and that like it was an entirely personal experience that isn't supposed to be understood by anyone and <laughs> if that's the case like i probably like it even more I have, to, I have to confess, Brian, there is no in fabric movie. <laughs> <laughs> really good job of intuiting what I hallucinated. I'm impressed. It was it was made custom just for you to yeah. figure out. <laughs> I go back on IMDb and like I'm the writer director. <laughs> I think I need a drink. <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to take both pills at the same time. <laughs> That's purple pilled. <laughs> you know, you've heard that thing about this is the, you can't, couldn't get purple back in the day without this specific kind of beetle or some shit, right? Oh, it's a snail. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's my question. Nobody ever fucking makes red and blue. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> just 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 occurred to me today. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They didn't have paint palettes. No, they what I it wouldn't be as vivid. That's the difference. Mm. It wasn't kingly. It wasn't royal purple. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the well, A blue was rare. Mm. Uh, because because the church would kill you if you used. <laughs> what was lapis lazuli is where they would get. That's what original ultramarine blue was made from. There were, if I remember correctly, a few hundred years where, like, if you use lapis lazuli for anything other than a depiction of Mary, Marieth, yeah, you know, also sanctioned by the church, like they would just kill you. Uh, was also it was so it was so expensive to so so if you get if you get like a, a you mix a red and the and the blue you'd you'd get a purple but it would be very dull whereas whereas the one that i think um i think it was was it the phoenician i forget who it was that had those snails that that dye was particularly vivid and that's why that's the difference okay <laughs> I just love the idea of like, oh, purple. They're sitting around. All we have is this blue and red. <laughs> Woe is me. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's shit that's is about as crazy as that. Like, there's that whole what was the there was like the tulip craze. There that yeah, there was this uh, it's one of the famous um like market crashes in history. 
like like where people there was a tulip craze and they were people were spending thousands upon thousands of dollars on tulips like rare tulip bulbs and then at some point they were like why are we doing this and then the whole thing just shattered <laughs> like they immediately went into a depression or something. This it. was like this is oh god, fourteen hundreds maybe. I forget it was when like the fuck was. Like did some successful, some really successful magic that just lasted a little while. <laughs> got out of hand. Yeah, some, some demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tulip market. We got this. <laughs> well. uh We've been talking for a while. Fuck it. I think that's good for a solo show. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs>